We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another episode of Cats Coverage here on the Field of 68 Network. I'm here with the other co-host, Michael Epps, and producer Tim, who's decided to join us for this uh, episode. So we're here to break down all things Kentucky basketball, pick up on where the last time we've been on this was the Kansas game. Uh, so it's been a little bit, you know, Kentucky played Stonehill and they played St. Joseph's. Uh, the Stonehill game was a little bit more of a score that we prefer. Kentucky won by 34. They won 101 to 67. Uh, and then they just came off a win with St. Joseph's that went to overtime, 96 to 88. So, Michael, let's start with you. You know, Kentucky just got a, an early test uh, against a team that they should have beat. Yeah, I think the line was at like 15 and a half. So it wasn't uh, where it should be. Uh, they got a late game test that sent them to overtime. They stood on two strong feet and won that battle. Um, and they're now 4-0. and So let's, uh, you know, it's been a while. Let's recap on the last two games. What's What, do you, what would you want to start with, Michael? Yeah, for sure. I apologize if you hear anything behind me. I'm actually back home now uh, up in Michigan seeing the family for Thanksgiving week, which is uh, nice, much needed. So I um, I wasn't able to check out much of that Stonehill game because I, I told you before, I just can't stand when they do the Friday games because, yes. you know, throughout the fall, we're just locked in on high school football. Uh, so wasn't able to check that out too much. I was at, up at Franklin County and getting some games in. But, I mean, they look good, man. Reed, you know, we saw him look good up in Chicago. Uh, he does it again, you know, knocking down outside shots, looking comfortable, confident. Uh, that's a great sign just to, you know, prove that the guard depth is the real deal. And then, you know, you finally get, you know, the, the DJ Wagner game that everybody's been wanting to see, you know, 22 points. That's that's great. You know, he's maybe a little motivated after the, the Jay Williams stuff about him trying to trying to get him out to Louisville, which is nonsense. Um, and then so, you know, Rob has a good game off the bench. As well, you hate to see that game be so close, but you know it, it's not a you know overreaction. It, it doesn't need to be a huge big deal. You know they they got the win. That's what matters. Uh, definitely, you know jumped a few heartbeats, but they got it done, man. They're they're starting to grow, starting to figure it out. Um, a lot of things I want to get to, but what, what do you think? Yeah, well, Reed Shepard was all you do need to know from that Stonehill game. You know, it was his career night, 25.78 threes. It looks like Tim was the only one of us three who were in was in attendance for that game. So, Tim, I'm glad you're here. You were there in attendance. 
Um, you had some little, you had some videos take off online with the uh, the Trey Mitchell Reed Shepherd bromance. Uh, what was that night, the first game against Stonehill that we're recapping? What was that night like in Rupp Arena for you, Tim? Yeah, man, it, it was awesome. It was it was a real nice experience to see Reed take off like he did. Uh, but yeah, to mention what you're talking about there, there in Trey Mitchell's post game interview, Reed Shepherd just came up and ran up to him and gave him a hug, and uh, he just said, I think he said, "Hi, Trey," and he was like, "Oh, hi, Reed." You know, just yeah. you know, a nice buddy buddy relationship they got going on there and i feel like that's kind of a relationship you don't see until later in the season but this team's already have that relationship their chemistry is real high and they seem to really really feed off that so yeah that was that was something cool that i caught on camera i can definitely say i didn't expect i wouldn't have predicted them two to be the big bromance like i just yeah. Not for any reason. They just don't. They just seem different people. I mean, I don't know. Trey's a more laid back, older guy. Reed's. I mean, Reed's really mature for a freshman, but just they're so different in every single way. I just wouldn't have predicted them to to be the bromance. But I'm happy. I'm here for it. I'm happy to see it. Um, they seems like you said the whole team gets along great. So that's good going forward. Um, so again, Kentucky beat Stonehill by 34 points. We do have to touch on how exciting that game was. I mean. Uh, it was the most Cal or most three pointers in the Cal era, and in, in a single game, I think they hit seventeen of them. They cracked one hundred points for I think the tw only the twentieth time under Cal. So that's not something that's done and been been done quite often. That was only in their fourth game of the season. So it's kind of exciting to see points be put up this early. You know, from a high paced offense, guys that can just do completely all kinds of guys that can do a lot of things. So many weapons on this team, and so I'm excited excited to watch them. Uh, one thing I did want to hit on is. I, I can re reflect back to last year and honestly the year before these early non-conference games just like were so brutal to watch. Like you, it was almost like a chore. It was hard to watch them. Um, they weren't fun at all. You were afraid Kentucky were going to lose half of them. And now through five games, it seems like they're all fun. They, they've everything's every game's got something to offer. Um, I look forward to watching them now rather than forcing myself just to cover them. So do y'all? Am I is that just me? Am I overreacting a little bit? How do you guys feel about these first? non-conference games and the excitement around them yeah for sure I mean they're a lot of fun to watch and especially offensively you know they can they can get hot you know you got Reed and and Rob Dillingham who can just get hot in a hurry right which is sweet I mean Reed going nine for ten is insane seven for eight from three and then Rob going seven to ten that's good that's high efficiency we talked a lot on the last pod about Rob you know making better you know shot selection better decisions out there on the court so he's improved in that aspect um, you know, Trey only getting 31 minutes is good against Stonehill. That's what I like to see. And then you go ahead and you, you struggle with St. Joe's and he played what 41, which is just way too, way, way too much for a non-conference game. So that's a problem, you know, until the, you know, the other seven footers get back, you know, preferably Aaron Bradshaw earliest, because we want to see what he's about. But I mean, they got to do something to give him more of a rest. Forty-one minutes for a for a cupcake non-conference game is just kind of ridiculous, and it's gonna it's gonna put wear and tear on him. It just is, you know. And you can't afford for him to get hurt, even when the other bigs come back. You need him. He's, you know, your veteran presence. He runs the show, so um, uh, that's a problem for sure. But uh, other than that, it's good to see some guys wake up. You know, Justin Edwards gets twelve points after some you know sleepy performances. So, and then DJ. So. Things are things are looking good for sure, but uh, the the tray thing you got to keep an eye on that. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's goes to why you take care of business early. You don't let these teams take you to overtime. You know, you get you get punished for that. You get your starters wore out and and play more minutes than they expected. Um, you know, things can happen the longer they're out there, and that's why you take care of business early. But if there's any positive spin we could just flip this to at all, if we we're gonna manipulate it at all to a positive narrative, is like you know, Kentucky got tested again. We saw them get tested in Kansas. There's some things that probably would have changed about it. But if you're going to flip this to anything positive, they got tested it again, and they and they they won that battle. You know, it shouldn't have been there anyways, but I'm glad to see they got this early test done early, you know, early in the season compared to late in the season when the games really start to matter. So I guess if I'm going to flip that to positive, that was how I would go with it. But, you know, like you said, it shouldn't have got to that point anyways. So uh, before we keep going, I think it would be we'd fail if we – did not mention that you know Tim's here in his Kentucky jersey, and I'm here in my Joby Hall shirt. I had a rep old Joby Hall, and then 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 Michael, you're back home in what Michigan, so you got your Detroit Pistons on, right? I do. The team is absolutely garbage because we were trying to get Victor in the lottery, did not. Uh, I like Asar Thompson, and you know I like some of the young peeps pieces, but this team is trash, like two and fourteen. So you know, but I got to rep my local teams. I'm I'm full on full on for the Lions this week and every week. Um, you know, Pistons, Red Wings, Tigers, my teams, but man, I'm uh, Lions are all we got right now, that's for sure. Definitely, we all came in and we dressed different this time. It was actually unplanned, but we decided to switch things up. We're all kind of in our different areas instead of at headquarters, so changing things up, keeping it a little bit fresh, and keeping things going. So, uh, moving on from the Stonehill game, let's go with the with the most recent of memory against St. Jo Joseph's. So again, Kentucky got out to another slow start. Uh, I'm not for sure what that score was. I missed the first few minutes of the game. I had other things I was taking care of. Uh, but Kentucky got off to a slow start again, had to climb back out of that. Um, but, you know, Kentucky put up points quick. You know, I think it was Rob Dillingham. He put up 10 points in 12 minutes in the first half. So it was just a quick spurt of offense. You know, I'm going on record. I'm going to say that there's not a better off-the-bench backcourt in college basketball than Reed Shepard and Rob Dillingham. I mean, those two are – it's such a valuable option to come right off the bench, and we're seeing them come off quicker and quicker each game to, like, where it's just five minutes of the game and they're both in. Uh, as soon as one of the starters mess up, they come right out, or even give them a, to give them a break. Um, I think that's very underrated, something that's going to benefit this team going forward. You know, Reed's – there's been talk that he could even be a starting point guard on this team uh, if he's that good off the bench. And so is Rob Dillingham. And you know, you're kind of seeing consistency and you know what you're going to get from him. So that's, I'm so excited that that team has that and they don't just rely on a five to be there every single night. Yeah, Trace. And like the big thing about that too, and producer Tim can talk on it because he's there, but you know, the crowd wakes up, right? When, when those two guys come in or when Marie comes in, you know, after a slow start, they, they cheer, right? They get loud. It's like, Ooh, you know, the little energy, right? I mean, cause you know, the state, every college basketball team does. They, they, you know, especially for, you know, cupcake games like this, they come out sluggish, right? But you get that cows quick, bring them off, and it's like, oh, you know, they start to cheer, they get loud. Producer Tim, what was it like, you know, and especially coming off, you know, the Champions Classic game where Reed really, like, made his presence, I'm sure, you know, Stonehill, when he came in, it was like, oh, you know, and then it gets loud. Oh, yeah, it's loud. I mean, there, there were standing ovations for when he's just checking into the game for the first time. But uh, kind of backpedal of what Trey said as far as having the, the greatest backcourt uh, or the greatest bench backcourt rather in the nation. I, I see a lot of people saying like, oh, you need to start Reed. You need to start Rob. And I could agree with starting one of them, but I really like the idea of bringing them off the bench to kind of be that spark. Because 
Yeah, because I mean, DJ, he's he's a good playmaker. He's a good. I'd say he's a pretty good start, starting four guard. Has he hit his potential? No, he hasn't. Like Rob has, and like Reed has, but um, he he he's still doing really well. And they do go off on a fast start, but name me a year in which a team didn't come into rup and do that honestly so to have that bench is is an amazing little asset we have again i'm i put this out online the other night i'm losing sleep over the day of when someone smarter than me comes in here and does a scientific study of how these teams get so hot in rup arena like from an outsider's perspective it looks sounds like i'm just being a homer but you all watch these games it's every single non-conference game they come in and rup and just get hot now that guy they had on Stone Hill, I, he had he had kind of reminded me of John Morant. He had the bounce, he had the hairstyle of him. It was like like a little ponytail. He was solid, but uh, and they had a couple seven footers. But I don't know who else on that team was, you know, going to keep this game close with this Kentucky team. But they did. Um, they were making all kinds of shots. They I think they had ten three pointers around halftime. I mean, they just went berserk, and um, I still fail to understand how that happens. But it does, and um, Kentucky has got a adjust and deal with that because it's not going to change and I think that home crowd of getting the lower bowl of referee woke up for a, a game is a big deal and we saw Trey Mitchell and DJ Wagner raving in their post-game interviews last night uh, Trey Mitchell said he couldn't even hear himself think towards the end of that game going into overtime he was he was shocked that the other team can even function because them as the home team couldn't even hear themselves and DJ Wagner said it helps them get excited and hyped hearing the crowd go nuts there was a fast break where he had a wide open layup instead of just dropping it in there he just crammed it because he knew the crowd would get wild so you know I, these players are just young freshmen they thrive off that loud excitement from referee so it's cool if they can find a way to get them going over and over again and, and whatever it takes to get that crowd up and going for these to, to handle these hot non-conference opponents yeah but you know we see that out of, out of the other guys too i mean you know what's his name reynolds at 28 i mean like you know other guys come in the rough too and they're like hey this is rough like let's go out there and beat these cats like let's go play and you know, we see in conference play too, sometimes guys get hot, you know, just playing in that moment, right? Playing in rough. Um, what was the bad loss that he had last year? Was it South Carolina? Um, I think it was like South Carolina State. Actually, I don't know on that one. It was South no, Carolina. In, in conference play, it was the Cats like bad uh, loss in conference play last year where dude on South Carolina went crazy. I can't remember what, who it was and what he did, but I remember like, you know, some of these guys just get hot and it's like, you know, they want to make a statement and rub to one of the best places playing college basketball. Yeah. I mean, if you knock off Kentucky at home, you talk about, you'll tell your grandchildren about that, you know, especially if you're on a team like St. Joseph's or something of that nature. So, you know, you come in there, you would think you'd be nervous coming in there as an opponent, but no, these, these guys aren't. They're like, they see Kentucky off the chest. This is the most lights and camera they're going to have on them most likely all season long. Let me go show out for my team and show that I belong to play against these teams at least one night. So that's something that continues to happen, but what can you do about it? I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do. Um, I I'm again, uh, Michi Johnson was South Carolina last year. He dropped 26. I remember right. he was especially hot in the second half. Michi Johnson. Yeah, it's just like some dudes would come in. And then like that big recruit, Gigi Jackson, he was good too. He had 16. But like they had no business losing to that South Carolina team. And uh, yeah, Michi Johnson just goes crazy. So it is. It's a it's a fun spectacle in college basketball. Um, even uh, – what was the home opener um this year i know huh you're talking about this year yeah uh this year was new mexico state right 
Yes. New Mexico yeah. State. I, I remember a dude got hot there and then um a couple dudes on Kentucky State got hot too. So yeah, man. And people come in the rub and it's it's a great atmosphere. But when uh I th- I noticed, you know, that I like Trace, you're exactly right. That it gets a little hype, you know, like guys wake up after those first two come off the bench. So I like that hot take. I don't know if it is even that hot of a take, honestly. I mean, those are two of the I mean they're already two of the best guards in the SEC. I I think at least Rob and Reed will prove himself. So I don't think it's hot take. I think that's a solid take. Speaking of getting hot and rub, what about DJ Wagner last night? What did y'all think of that? You know, we've been waiting for that to happen all season. And it's been a short season so far, but we've been waiting for it. You know, it's been a little too long than most people will want, but he did it. I didn't have any, I, I had complete confidence that it happened at some point. He's just getting it going, you know what? A freshman struggling early, that's nothing new. Uh, DJ Wagner went to went for, I believe, 22 points. We saw Justin Edwards get around 8, 10 points. I don't know what he finished with, but they both got things going. I think they were um, going off of each other. Uh, we saw that, uh, I think it was an overtime. DJ Wagner went for that layup, and it kind of bounced off, and Justin Edwards just slammed it in. It's good, it's good to see them guys get going. I mean, that's a must going forward, so I'm glad they got it going last night. The crowd was getting into it as well, cheering on DJ the whole time. And uh, he had, I mean, his, his shot selection seemed to have been a little better that game, I would say. Um, and then also going off Justin Edwards, I, I was kind of thinking to myself, I wonder how much of an impact uh, he's playing. I think he's playing a lot more big than he's expected to, right? what he was expected to coming in. But as soon as those bigs come back, I think we'll start to see him kind of emerge himself a little more, kind of become uh what he's known for because he'll he'll be able to play the game that he's played his whole entire life um so but yeah he still had a good game and uh not to not to sit on uh rob dillingham too much but that one fast break where he just stormed down the court and i think three seconds were off the shot clock he just pulled a three-pointer and synced it yeah. I mean, you you get any other player to do that any other year in front of cal and he, even if you make it he might sit there and take you out of the game but that just goes to show, like how many how many people on the team have that green light and uh, are are even able to make those kind of shots like that. Yeah, I saw the frame pause on that shot when he was just frozen in the air. And I think if I remember correctly, there was like three defenders down there and no Kentucky guys. Like when he just pulled it up. I'm gonna do this thing by myself and hit it. So pretty bold. It's one of the like you said, one of those things. If you miss, you're out. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't take that shot, you know. But I'm not Rob Dillingham. I'm not shifty like him. So he's got a little bit more stuff to back up that confidence. Um, but speaking of confidence, um, DJ Wagner, he, uh, I, I felt like this was a good confidence building game for him. Um, as soon as he hit that first three pointer, he immediately on the next drive had a hard, aggressive take to the rim, um, and I think that just kind of got off any um, any um, any nervousness, any concerns. He's like, okay, I can do this. And I know he knows he can do it, but he kind of just got it out of the way, got that first hump, and uh, went for 22 points. The second half was a big deal for him. So I, I would love that this builds those guys' confidence early and kind of gives them more of – I know Cal keeps harping on house money. You see Reed Shepard's going out there playing as if nothing matters, and, you know, sometimes it's better. It, it depends on the individual. But if you're going out there trying to be like, I'm supposed to be the DJ Wagner, I'm supposed to be a top-five draft pick, I've got to be perfect, and then you go out there and you overthink it, you can limit yourself sometimes. So I'm glad he kind of – it looks like he let some of that go, got comfortable, and I, I think he's going to – be a lot better going forward he's not going to have any more slow nights in my opinion we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and the fans, you know, going on Twitter saying like, oh, he's mid and this and that. It's like, chill, right? Chill. I mean, it's been like four games. Like, give him, give him some time. So. The guy's talented, and I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, I would still keep Reed and Rob coming off the bench for sure. I mean, as we talked about it, like coming off the bench might be bad at other places. It's not bad at Kentucky. Like yeah. you come off the bench, there have been some guys get picked in the lottery that are coming off the bench, and Rob probably will go in the lottery. But um, that's a keep really it the point. same. Keep it the same. Sense. Like you know, I mean, DJ and Justin need those reps too. So I think it's going well, man. Just. Now they just need the bigs to come back and then figure out the rotation again. Because, like, you know, somebody's going to lose minutes, right? Because if you if you move Trey to the four and then you move Justin to the three, when those bigs are in, then that means one of those guards are out. Does Antonio lose minutes? Probably not. Does DJ, you know, maybe Justin. Maybe they keep going with the three guards and Justin doesn't play as much. It'll all work itself out, but – um that's the next chapter for this team. And as I said last week, like who knows when that's going to happen. I mean, Cal's like still, you know, not saying a ton. I didn't hear his post game comments last night. So I don't know if he's given any update, but um, it's probably going to be a while. So keep rolling with this lineup. We'll see how they do against Miami. This big game, uh, you know, good, good, tough test for him. So that'll be interesting. Well, he, he did say in his radio show tonight, pretty much he wasn't supposed to be there. So I actually did not listen, but I saw a post online that I guess it seems like maybe he jumped on for a second and said that there, he has no update for him at all. I think a lot of the speculation is that Bradshaw will be back from the uh, Marshall game this Friday. There's nothing that confirms that at all. So maybe we'll look out for that, but who knows? I'm not getting my hopes up. Uh, but off your last point that you just said there, that was a good point about coming off the bench at Kentucky. That's not a bad gig at all at Kentucky because Cal – out of any coach there is, he's the one that can make someone reach their dreams even off the bench. I mean, no one does better with more talent than him. I mean, or if, if they do, he's up in that category with them. So that's a good point. Um, I did notice one thing when we saw DJ Wagner and uh, Justin Edwards get going a little bit on Friday, or on Monday night. Um, I, I don't think it take away from any minutes by any means, but I saw we saw less shots from Reed Shepard. You know, he went from a 25-point game to I think it was single digits last night which doesn't mean a thing, but, you know, one that's one thing we have to consider going forward. If another guy, one of these other guys get hot who haven't so far, it's going to take away from the ones who have been hot. I think Trey Mitchell had a little bit less points than he normally has. He still finished just fine. 
Uh, but you know, zero, zero. Yeah, only zero. zero for one. Only took one shot, one three in twenty-five minutes. That's weird, but he did a four assists too. So we've seen him impact the game in other ways. But that's, I mean, everyone's gonna get hot. You know, everyone's gonna have their games, right? Like they're just gonna kind of take turns, and that's what you need to do on a good team. Exactly. I didn't realize he had zero points. That that even more hits that point of if the other guys are get going, you know, they're gonna have these guys are gonna not be as high as they were. You know, he just came off a twenty five point game. Now he had zero, which is fine. Reed Shepard is the prime example of someone who can highly impact the game without scoring. You know, he's so beneficial out on the court. So that's, if if anybody's gonna fall in that road, I'm that role. I'm happy it's Reed for sure. Um, but going forward, um, we've got a couple more points here. Um, so I, I did want to get into. Do y'all any, any y'all dabble in some bets? Y'all bet on Kentucky at all? I don't. I stay away. I resist the temptation because I know once I start, I'm I'm all get sucked in. Man, I've I didn't start betting until like a couple weeks ago, and I'm no expert at all. But I've always, you know, I didn't know if we should bet on Kentucky. How if you put your heart into it a little bit more than not? But I have, and I'm, to be honest with you, I'm having a blast. Not because I'm just winning all these things. It's kind of middle of the road, but I feel like. I feel like I know what I'm doing, even though I don't when I bet on Kentucky. And I feel like it's, I don't know, I feel like you can kind of pick these points a little bit better of what you think these guys are going to get because we cover the team so aggressively. Um, I did want to get into one, my favorite one from last night that I had. I had Kentucky over 40 and a half points at halftime. And so it was uh, it was 38 points with like 30 seconds to go at halftime. And uh, Somebody shot a three and missed it. Somebody shot a layup and missed it. And this is all within a minute to go. And I was like, they're not going to get over 40 and a half points. And Trey Mitchell comes down, for some reason, took a three. We didn't need it. Took a three to put us over 40 to 41 points. And we went over 40 and a half points. Won a little bet that I had. I, I couldn't tell you, going into that halftime, I was so hyped over something so small. I bet I won $15. But I don't know. Was, I felt like a buzzer beater performance. He hit that three with a couple seconds to go. And I'm like, where did that come from? Thank you, Trey Mitchell. Um, but you know, it, I think they've been wrong on a lot of Antonio Reeves bets this year. They keep under picking how many points we'll have in a game. That's almost, almost a, a given. I do. If I'm going to boast about a win though, I do have to expose myself a little bit, a little bit. Yesterday I put online, I'm so confident in this take Trey Mitchell over seven and a half rebounds last night, for sure. Going to get that right. I just, for sure. I, I put online that, you know, this is probably the safest bet to do. You know, uh, I, I said I would. I might even put a stupid amount of money on it, and thankfully I did not because he had what six rebounds. Yeah, I think six. it was six rebounds. He, I, man, I would have bet any. I would bet the house that he would have had more than seven and a half rebounds, and he did not. So that you can't. Yeah, you, you got to go with the highs and lows when it comes to betting, and uh, sometimes you get kind of checked real quickly. Yeah, well, and another one like Reed. But I mean, would you bet him to get zero? I mean, after the way he's been shooting, so like. I'm sure the over-under was probably it, it might have been single digits. I wonder, probably eight and a half or something for his points. No. Probably would have taken the over. But um one thing we do need to talk about is free throws. I think they're kind of middle of the road. Trey Mitchell, if I'm gonna point any fingers at anybody, he's missing some late game free throws. Now he did, you know, to give him some credit, he hit those two three-pointers back to back in overtime. I think he went two for two in overtime at the free throw. So Trey Mitchell did it when it counts last night, but He's someone I've been keeping up with consistently of missing late game free throws. Um, you know, I, I, this team's got to be good at free throws. They're the easiest shot in the ball game. And I don't think they're as, definitely as bad as any other teams we've had, Cal's had in the past few years. But this team's in the middle of the road at free throws. You know, that's something that's got to get going too, for sure. Yeah. They still yeah, they'll get there. Go ahead, Tim. Sorry. No, you're good. 
they they were going i mean through the first half they shot pretty well and then probably halfway through the the second half they were doing all right but those late game free throws almost cost us the game um and uh i don't want to dabble into it too much but the head coach of st joe's mentioned that uh i can't i can't remember what happened the final possession that we had did we like did we miss a layup and then st joe's got a rebound we missed the layup. I think Justin Edwards put it back. I think. I think that was that was overtime. I think what it was was DJ was driving, tried to go for a floater, missed it, and then St. Joe's grabbed the rebound, and their player kind of was trapped and started to call a timeout. And from where I was sitting, I saw the timeout. He got that off in time, and he didn't get the call, did he? No, he did not get. I the call. Got screwed on that. I did. Yeah. I saw that. I think we got very, very lucky on that. And uh, if we lost that game, it probably would have come down to free throws. Us missing yeah. those. It's a home little cooking. I, I, we got to kind of turn the blind eye to that because he did get screwed on that. Thankfully, we're the home team. We'll take it. We don't get off. We don't get those too often. But before we keep going, we do need to take a break real quickly just to plug our sponsor and uh, thank the Field of 68 for having us. We're going to be back in just a second. We're just going to a quick break right now. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When across the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. All right. So we are back after that quick little break, and we're pretty close to wrapping this thing up. It's it's about 9 o'clock at night. You know, we're getting to that point in life where that's getting a little late. It's, you know, nine's not as easy as it used to be for me. I can, I'm speaking for myself. I don't know about you all, but – um, you know, I can remember those last 9 p.m. games last year were hard for me, but part of growing up, I guess. <laughs> oh, one point I did want to hit on. Um, did y'all get to see that video of that kid last night when DJ Wagner was walking off the court? I think he passed him and then he took a second, went over and signed his. I think he signed his cast. Is that what he signed to him? His cast, yeah, I think. Yeah, signed his cast. You see that video? Um, that look, I didn't want to hit on that for a moment. It really pulled on my heartstrings because, like, just growing up in Kentucky, being in that exact same spot as him, um, you know, these Kentucky players growing up were just your idols, bigger than life. And thankfully, we're in a position now where we get to kind of c- communicate with them and cover them. And it's a little different now. You can kind of throw your fandom a little bit to the side and do it more professional. Uh, but I can definitely speak for myself. I was in that exact same spot growing up. I can remember Devin Booker coming over. Um, 
Tony Delk, I know he wasn't playing, but he was uh, doing like a broadcasting. He came over and talked to me for a second and just took the time that they did not have to do when you have a, a plenty of other people trying to get your attention. And you can just see on that video, that kid, he just, that he'll, he'll go to school and tell all his friends about that. He'll talk about that forever. I've got stories like that, that I've talked about for years and years growing up. And uh, I don't know, what did y'all think of any, any points on that video? That it meant a lot to me. I just, I don't know why I just did. Man, kid's the he's the coolest kid in school. He can go and show. I hope he got a picture too, in case anyone thinks he's captain. I'll just yeah. be like, "Hey, what up?" You know, I'll show it. That's pretty cool. Good for him. Yeah, his smile was so genuine. Um, you know, DJ Wagner took the time to do that. That's, that's not. I like to see that stuff. We saw it with Oscar. He did it ten times over last year. So that's a cool moment. But uh, brushing on past that, um, I guess keeping on DJ Wagner. But my last point is, he did say after the game, I thought it was a cool point we should talk about is. He was asked about the starting five and, and who should be where and what if there's any speculation on that. And he was just like, we as a team, we completely think there's no such thing as a starting five. All of our guys get hot on any night. All of them can. We all got the most trust in everybody. Um, we just kind of go out there and play. And if someone's hot, we feed it to them just like they did read the night before. Tonight was DJ. You know, last night was DJ. So um, I think that was a cool point. You know, as fans and as a media, we, we get so wrapped up in who starts who needs to be playing throughout the game, who needs to finish, when in reality we're the only ones that seems like gets worked up about this stuff. Uh, these players seem to say that they don't. Um, so I think that was a cool moment. Do you all have any strong takes on the starting five or are you kind of going with the flow as well? I'd say really just kind of leave it how it is. I mean, it's working. I, yeah, it's, it's working perfectly. Cal's, Cal's good at making adjustments. I trust him more than anybody else when it comes to who's in the lineup he's going to make the adjustment whenever he needs to make the adjustment, whenever he feels like it's right. And going back on what we were just talking about earlier, coming off the bench for Kentucky is not a bad thing at all. I mean, no, these not at all. guys get to showcase their abilities more than they would starting at other schools. Really. So yeah, I mean, keep it how it is. I think Cal will make the adjustment when, when it needs to. It's not about who starts, man. It's about who finishes, right? That best lineup is really what we talk about. And that could get interesting once the bigs come back on like, will a big be in that lineup that finishes games? I mean, it kind of depends on how well Bradshaw can shoot free throws. I mean, that's probably what will, what it'll come down to. If he could shoot, uh, if he's not a liability on defense, pick and rolls, you know, when, you know, game slows down, half court defense, can he be, you know, a good enough rim protector and, and guard the pick and roll well enough? If not, then it's probably just this small ball lineup that we're seeing, you know, and it'll be good throughout the game to have those bigs, but the best lineup at the end of games, you know, Antonio probably has to be out there, but then it, it kind of depends, you know, Reed, if he's hot or Rob, if he's not in foul trouble, you know, that this and that they'll, they'll figure it out from game to game. But um, the, the big thing is like, will a big be in their best lineup? Like at the end of games, that's, that's the main question that we won't figure out you know, even when they come back, if they come back. I mean, they're fans saying that they're not even going to come back at all. I mean, who knows? We don't know. They're, they probably will, but um, they will. it'll still take a few weeks even after that to get them, you know, caught up, oh, game yeah. shape. And then it's like, okay, is there something there or was this all just kind of a talking point and they actually don't even play that much? Like, that'll be, that'll be an interesting development over the next couple months. Who knows? Time will tell. You know, who knows if we'll see a Bradshaw sighting um, in the game for Marshall. Maybe not. Not going to put my money on it. But, you know, Kentucky plays Marshall this Friday. Next game up. Kentucky's 4-1 and one right now. They got Marshall. And I think Miami is right after that, if I'm not mistaken. 
yeah, you know, Tuesday. Pretty far in the tournament last year. Where they might have been Final Four, if I'm not mistaken. It feels like it was a million years ago. Um, I think they went to the Final Four. Did they? Elite Eight. I think they went to the Final Four. Miami. Let's hold on. We we can't be lying to our people. Let's fact check that real quick. Miami, twenty. Let's double check that. Um, I think they went to. Yeah, I'm not pulling up anything quick enough. Uh, but anyways, talented team. They went these. They went farther in Kentucky in the in the tournament last year. So you know it's going to be a talented team. I think they lost a lot of that, but still a name that you you need to take care of business. That a, a team that can beat you in Rupp. So that's an exciting game to look for. Um, and I don't, Michael, I don't think we told you. I was talking to Tim earlier. I think we've got a uh, special guest lined up for our next episode. Uh, I'm kind of debating, should we should we leave you on a hanger and let you just see him when you get here? Should we tell you after the pod? I don't want to announce it on here just yet, unless you just think yeah, I should. I say we leave it as a little cliffhanger. Get people so. excited and tune in. Okay, I think I got it confirmed today. I've got, actually got a couple lined up. I was on my I was on it today, um, kind of getting our, some stuff planned out. But I, I've got a pretty big one confirmed that I think is going to put all green check marks across the board. Um, so that's exciting to look for. Um, I guess yeah, you're right. They did make the final four. They lost to UConn. Did they? I the thought before they had that. Um, the guy that looks, I'm not good with coaches, but I, he's a guy that looks like the guy from Syracuse, Jim Beheim, or whatever. Their coach is Jim Laranega. Yeah, he's just like him, in my opinion. I always get those two mixed up. But Jordan um, Miller, oh, Jordan Miller was good last year. Uh, Isaiah Wong, um, Nigel Pack. Nigel Pack, I remember in that name. Yeah, he did something. That I, he wore out whoever they were playing because he was all over TV. Yeah, that was a good team. I forgot. But I think they, I think they lost a lot of that team, if I'm not mistaken. So still a name that could come beat you. Still a name that you need to take care of business of. But it's definitely not a, um, a St. Joseph's, a Stonehill of the world. So Kentucky needs to take care of business. And uh, I guess the next time we'll record will probably be it'll be after that game. I don't know if we'll get to do it before the Miami game or not. We might just wrap those two up, but who knows? We'll have a special guest and a bunch of things to break down. Uh, so I think that's all I've got. Any final words from you guys? No. All right. Well, Tim, thank you for joining us. Normally you're manning it behind the camera. He puts on this professional show for us. So there's the face for him right there. He puts on the show for us. We're the ones that just get on here and just get loud and talk. So couldn't do it without Tim. Couldn't do it without Michael. Thank you guys for being here. Couldn't do it without Field of 68, catscoverage.com, Fox 56. We're just going to keep it going. Check out Tim's photos at the games. He's grinding out the games, putting some high-quality photos. They're on our site as well. So um, other than that, I'll quit talking. I'll let you guys go. Michael, enjoy your time with your family back home in Michigan. Appreciate it.